All right, we're going to get into our teaching. Good to have my family back over here. <laughs> Every time I preach on this side, I had to stay over here. I'm feeling some type of way. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Love is love. So we're going to start on a new series on today. Uh, the title of the, sneer, the series is called uh, Snapshots of the Holy Spirit. Snapshots of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're about to go through a pruning stage. How many of y'all already going through it? Good, good, good. We're about to go through a pruning stage. And anytime the Father wants to prune us, he wants to cut us back so we can grow. Sometimes it comes in severe rebuke. Okay? Sometimes it comes in chastisement. Sometimes it comes through teaching. Sometimes it comes through correction. All right? And so it is a cleansing season for us in order that we can go higher. How many of y'all want to go higher? All right? When you step foot in divine generations, it's dangerous not to want your destiny. All right? We, <clears throat> we are here to get you your destiny, your purpose, to get you where the Father wants you to be. And so the title of this series is Snapshots of the Holy Spirit. And all I'll pretty much be doing is taking previous teachings of the Holy Spirit and pretty much giving you a picture of what that looks like. Now, there might be some correction, some different things, because... The way we teach scripture here is we teach it from the standpoint of the foundation that God is our father. And the only reason why this earth exists, the only reason why this planet exists, the only reason why this Bible exists is because he wanted to be a father. All right. Adam messed that up. Jesus came to restore that. That is the thing that Jesus came to restore. That is the plan of redemption, to get us back into this relationship. And everything that we teach, we have to see it through those lenses. If we don't see it through those lenses, we'll end up legalistic. We'll end up stuck in the Old Testament. Okay? And so we have to move forward and get the things that the Father has for us. And so... The title of today's in particular teaching will be incubation. Incubation. Now, I'll talk more about this, but right now, I'm just going to pretty much, I'm going to lay it all out for you guys what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be out of here. I'm not going to put a time on it. But I'm going to try to make it before, too. All right. Um, what I want to do is, show you how we receive the Holy Spirit, okay? Show you how we receive the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to take you through how the Jews received it, how the Gentiles, how the Samaritans, how John disciples received it, and then I'm going to take you to Jesus, how he received it. And if we receive it any different than that, something wrong. Amen? So our first scripture is coming from Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Now, it'll be a lot of reading and pointing things out to you because I need you to see this, all right? Plus, I need you to understand this is how my mind works, 
All right, the scriptures connect in my mind. The father constantly, he wakes me up in the morning and he begins to connect scriptures, connect scriptures. But you know what? The scriptures can't connect if you don't read them. The the Bible says the Holy Spirit will remind you. The Holy Spirit will remind you. All right. The Holy Spirit is not going to introduce it to you. He's going to remind you and he's going to teach you, meaning you have to have the information to be taught. So the Holy Spirit is not going to wake you up in the morning and download all 66 books in you. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A work we need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can't divide it what you don't study. You can't rightly divide what you don't read. Amen? And it reads, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. When the Holy Spirit came into the room, verse 3, it says, And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves. And the scripture says, And they did what? They rested on them. It didn't enter into them. It rested on them. All right, you need to know this. The Holy Spirit will rest on you. And the reason why you need to know this is because other spirits will rest on you. If you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to rest on you, other spirits will rest on you. So it said, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving utterance. So as the Holy Spirit descended on them, it says that they were filled. Now, we're going to teach you what filled means. Uh, we're also going to teach you what it means when the Bible says that, the, that you will receive power. Because we say it all the time. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, what does that mean? Study to show yourself approved. Now, that was the Jews on the day of Pentecost. The next one will be the Samaritans. Acts chapter 8, and we're going to do verses 14 through 17 for my note takers. Now, this is going to be a teaching. Uh, I'll get to most of the conversation uh, when we go through these scriptures. It says, now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Why did they come down and pray for them? That they would receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. How did they receive the Holy Spirit? Verse 16, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. And and I'll explain that to you. I'm going to teach you what it means when the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled. I'm going to teach you what it means to be sealed 
with the Holy Spirit. Today, we're just talking about the incubation so that you can understand why the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because there's a misconception that when you get saved, that the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and it doesn't. You are one with Christ. You are not one with the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become one with Christ. You are a Christian. The Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are one with Christ. The Bible says in Christ, you are a new creature. The Bible says that Christ is the seed. He is our seed. Okay, so Christ is the seed that you receive, the divine nature of God that comes inside of you when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But now you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, it comes upon you. Okay, so we have the Jews, we have the Samaritans, now the Gentiles. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon. Fell upon. All those who were listening to the message. Now, you got to get that. The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening All who were listening, meaning it was a lot of people there. But the people who were listening to the message, meaning the people who were tuned in, the people who came to get some, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Verse 45, it said, all the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed Why were they amazed? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. So they were amazed. Why were they amazed? Because they received the Spirit just like we did on the day of Pentecost. So you have the Jews, you have the Gentiles, and the Samaritans. Now, we're going to look at John's disciples. Acts Chapter 19, verse 6. Now, you can really, I will read 1 through 6, but I guess I probably got, I probably looked at the message and said, this is too many scriptures, so I cut some off. Forgive me. Don't worry about it. All right. So, read Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, but I'm going to only give you 6. It says, and when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Now, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, there's five reasons why. I'll give you a couple. The first reason why the Holy Spirit comes upon you is is for the anointing because you are anointed. And it's symbolized in the Old Testament when they poured oil on them. Okay, the second reason why is because you are a king, you are a queen. We are royal children. The Bible says we are his royal priests. So it comes upon you as a kingly robe. The third reason why it comes upon you is because we are priests and the priest wore the ephod. The next reason why it comes upon you is because we operate in the prophetic. We are a prophetic culture of people who hear from heaven and say what he says. So it comes upon us as the mantle. So the Holy Spirit is coming upon them, but what's, what? But they don't see what it's doing. That's why I say this is snapshots of the Holy Spirit. 
I need you to see why the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay? And it also comes upon you as the armor of God. So when he tells you to put on the whole armor, he's telling you, seek the Holy Spirit. Have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to pour certain things in you. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us if we are going to prophesy so that we can prophesy. It comes upon us because we are priests. We have permission to invite people into the Father's household. Now, that's not this teaching, but I'm going to show it to you. So it says, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Why were they prophesying? Because the mantle of the prophet had just came upon them. But there's another reason, too. It comes upon us because we are his children. And that's why it comes upon us as an incubator. I'm going too fast. Let me keep, let me slow down. The next one is Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, after he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and settling on him and settling on him. So the spirit came upon Jesus. It came upon the Jews. It came upon the Gentiles. It came upon the Samaritans. And even John disciples who had been baptized by John had went through ministry with John, came back when Paul found them and said, I know you've been baptized in water, but now you need to be baptized in the spirit. And they redid it. They broke their ties from John and, and came on the side of Jesus. Now, we've shown you the Jesus, we've shown you the Jews, the Gentiles, Samaritans, John's disciples, all of them received the Spirit in the same way. The Holy Spirit did not come inside of them. It came upon them. It rested on them. One scripture says that it, it descended upon Jesus in bodily form. And if you want a visual, a crazy visual, I see it like Iron Man. Just like Iron Man. He Tony Starks one second, then the next second, this, 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 this machine just comes upon him. And now he knows stuff that he doesn't know. He can do things that he usually couldn't do. He can go places he couldn't go. He can fight with a strength that he knew, normally could not fight. That's how the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Now, I'm going to show you why it comes upon us. This might be the shortest message I ever teach. It might not. All right. But I need you to know, okay, because the, the, when, the, when Paul says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, okay, one of his devices is to get us religious. One of his devices is to get us to the point where we don't open this Bible, we don't read, we don't study. And so we're ignorant. We're just walking around saying things. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You don't even know what that means. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. How is that? Looking at your conduct, looking at your character. Looking at how you think, how you react to things. How is it that we're filled with something, but we don't never look at our character, our conduct? What does it mean to be filled? Come back next week, I'll tell you. Now, the next scripture we're going to look at is 
is Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, because we need to look at the genesis of the Holy Spirit. We need to look at the genesis of the Spirit of God. We need to see where did this all start. And it reads, and the earth was a formless and desolate, was a formless and desolate emptiness. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering, was hovering over the surface of the water. So right in the beginning of Genesis, we see the spirit of God doing the same thing. The Holy Spirit doing the same thing that it did on the day of Pentecost. The same thing that it did when the Jews received it, the same thing what it did when the Gentiles, when Jesus received it, when the disciples received it, is doing the same thing. It is coming upon, it is hovering. Now, upon research, doing your diligence, studying, that word hovering means to brood on eggs as a hen. That word hovering means to brood on eggs as a hen does. A a hen would sit on eggs until they hatch. It also means to soothe a child as a mother. So you ladies know when your baby's sick, you just hold them. You can't let them go. Put the baby, you know the daddy come in. Put that, boy, put that baby down. It's okay. No, this is my baby. What you doing? You're soothing the child. You're hovering over the child. You're loving the child. You're incubating the child. So, the, so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it comes upon us to incubate us. It comes upon us like a hen would sit on an egg. The whole purpose of this incubation process is, is to help us become developed. Now, incubate means this. It means to grow under conditions that promote development. To grow under conditions that promote development. The reason why the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the first initial reason for the Holy Spirit coming upon us is to incubate us. It is to get us in, to to provide conditions so that we can develop. This is why the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. This is why we call the Holy Spirit the comforter. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit, the initial purpose of the Holy Spirit is to hover over the child of God, is to incubate the child of God so that the child of God can grow into the life of Christ. So even when it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the first level of power is moral excellence. The first level of power is soul excellence. The first thing the Holy Spirit is trying to do is convert your mind, your soul, your will, and your emotions to Christ. Why? Because you have already received the seed. When you became one, you be, the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you took on his divine nature. Your spirit and his spirit became one. Became one. Now the whole issue with you is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. So this is why the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit comes upon us to deal with our soul, to develop our soul, 
to bring about conditions so that our soul can be developed. It literally brings our mind, our will, and our emotions into the household of the Father. John 14 and 16 says, says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, he said, I pray to the Father that he will give you another comforter. Another. Well, what's the first one? <laughs> Christ. Christ in you is the first comforter. If you look up the definition of comforter, it literally says that the Holy Spirit was supposed to take the place of Jesus walking alongside the, the apostles. If you look up the word in the Greek, it's the word parakletos. Now, we heard the word para before, parallel. What, is some, what, what does it mean that something is parallel? they side by side. Paralegal. What does that mean? That means they're not the lawyer, but they work with the lawyer to help the lawyer. Parachute. Hmm. <laughs> Paramedic. They're not the doctor. They work alongside the doctor to help the doctor. The Holy Spirit works alongside us, comes upon us to help us in our situations, in our circumstances. John chapter 14, verse 26 it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Well, you are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. So you are a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. So you have a mind, you have will, and you have an emotions. You have a mind, you have a soul, and you have a heart. But say, I live in the body. So your spirit is who you are. Your soul is how you think. This is your place of development. This is where all of development comes from. The Bible says you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it don't even matter that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Until you allow the Holy Spirit... To incubate your soul, there'll be no development. And what the Holy Spirit does in the spirit, the fivefold ministry does in the natural. We're both here to develop your soul, to get you to the place that you walk and have the life of Christ. The Bible said that your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's hidden until what? You bring yourself to church. Till you decide to pray, till you decide to fast, till you decide to read the word. It's hidden until what? You decide to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He hides it from you. Why? Because it's too glorious for you to do in the flesh. It's too glorious for you to do with your mind. It's too glorious for you to do with your emotions, with your heart tattered, beat, abused. From years in that orphanage called the world. So the Holy Spirit has to transform it so you can get that life. The, you come to church so the fivefold ministry can do what? Transform your heart. That's why I tell everybody that they, it's improper to run a church without the spirit of adoption in it. It's improper 
because you start to treat everybody like they're Old Testament people. And you just start to become legalistic. You expect everybody to just obey, obey. Don't do nothing wrong. Don't do nothing wrong. You're not looking at development. You're not looking at the, 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 that the person came to you after such and such and such and such and such had happened. You have no idea a person's past when you meet them. You have no idea. I was uh, back in Leesville. I was talking to a couple of young men and we went to Lowe's. It was one of them Lowe's or something. And they were um, they seen this girl and they were like, "Woo, she bad. I said, bruh. Trust and believe. There's some baggage with that. <laughs> Trust and believe. There's some baggage with that. Pretty eyes. Baggage. It's baggage with that. Nice looking young man. Trust me. It's baggage with that. It's a lot of things that you're going to have to go through with that person for that to even mean anything to you. Because he looked nice until... <laughs> The Holy Spirit can't deal with him, and you just try to raise him. She fine until she won't listen to the Father. All right, y'all ain't saying there ain't no amens, no high fives in the Spirit, nothing. I'm talking about me too. The Bible says that salvation beautifies the flesh. She look good, holy. <laughs> He look good, holy. I'm I'm trying to tell you something. All right. Don't don't listen now. (laughs) See you at the altar. (laughs) It says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of I don't went too fast, ain't I? I'm still on. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, it says, he will teach you all things. He is going to teach you all things, which means what? You better make yourself available. And bring all things to your remembrance. He's going to remind you of stuff. He's going to remind you. Remember what you said? If you pull me out of this situation, I'd never... Remember what you said? (laughs) He's going to remind you when you're teaching, when you're preaching, ain't no scriptures popping up here that you ain't read. He's going to remind you when you get into situations and circumstances. When Jesus was in the wilderness, it's a reason why he had a I will in him. It is written in him. He was reminded. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. You're in a dangerous place when Satan come come and start talking to you and you don't have nothing to be reminded of. There's no it is written there. It's a dangerous place because you don't know what to do. And when you don't know what to do, you can only do what your flesh tell you to do. But the thing about it is the person that's talking to you is king of your flesh. I feel the word working. I'm just playing. Let me stop. I don't really feel that. I'm just saying it. John 15 and 26 it says but when the comforter is come whom I will send 
unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now, the reason why he's testifying of Jesus is because you are now one with Christ. He's testifying of Jesus because you are now one with Christ. I'm going to say that again. He is testifying of Jesus because the job of the Holy Spirit is to align that spirit of Christ that is in you. And this is why Paul keeps telling us you need the mind of Christ. You need the mind of Christ. So once you get saved, you fully 100% Christ is in you. You're fully 100% God's child. But the issue is you still got your mind. You still got your soul, and your soul consists of your appetite, your aversions. Your soul consists of your disposition, your character, which most of the time, 99.9%, we inherited from our generations. That's what generational curses look like. It's a soul (laughs) that's been plagued by generations before us, and we have no idea because it's locked into our DNA. And the only way for it to change is for us to respond now to the new nature that is in us. You could not respond to the new nature until Christ got there. That is the miracle of salvation. Is that there is no change of the mind. He couldn't tell them to repent. He could not tell them in the Old Testament to imitate him. It was no such thing because nobody in the Old Testament, not one person in the Old Testament was ever considered himself God's child, except Adam, and he lost that in the fall. So the Holy Spirit comes to incubate us. It comes to incubate us. It comes to surround us. It comes to give us the presence of heaven in a given area. What really happens, and I'll show y'all through Scripture, is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, angels encamp around about us. And that's literally what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes upon you and angels encamp around about you. That's why when Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sent him into the wilderness. But the scriptures say the Holy Spirit teach that what angels do in ministering to him. If the Holy Spirit teaches us then why are angels ministering? Why does the Bible say that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? That's what it means to be filled with the spirit. The spirit comes upon you and then God's holy angels surround you for the purpose of ministering to you. We'll get deeper into that. But the Holy Spirit comes upon us to incubate us. An incubator, did we get um, the scriptures for incubation up there? Were we able to? Okay, don't worry about it. An incubator is designed to provide a safe, controlled space to live while vital organs are developed. I'm going to read that again for you. An incubator is designed to provide a safe, controlled space to live while their vital organs are being developed. So the Holy Spirit is a safe, controlled space to live while your soul is being developed. That's why the Bible tells you to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says you can quench the Holy Spirit. So you can be in the middle of being developed and stop. That's why the Bible tells you or the scriptures tell you or you constantly see Jesus saying that he is giving his will up. Why is he giving his will up? So the Holy Spirit can develop it. 
He's putting his will in his father's hands. Why? So it can be developed. The spirit came upon Jesus. Why? So that he can be developed. That's why it is a difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit. You're only, you're filled with the Holy Spirit when the Spirit comes upon you and angels encamped around you. But you're only full of the Holy Spirit when it can take possession of your mind, it can take possession of your soul, and it can take possession of your heart. That's when you're now full of it. An incubator can provide an environment that can be adjusted to provide the ideal temperature Mm. as well as the perfect amount of oxygen, humidity, and light. I'm going to read that again. The incubator can provide an environment that can be adjusted to provide the ideal temperature comforter. As well as the perfect amount of oxygen presence. As well as humidity. The Bible says that we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and that of fire. And light, glory. So the whole purpose of this incubator is to bring us into an environment so that we can be developing. So that we can be developed. This is why fellowship with the Holy Spirit, because we need to be developed. The problem in Christian Christendom is nobody needs to be developed. Why? Because everybody's already filled. Nobody's full. Everybody's filled. Which means this, that the Holy Spirit is, this is what it means to be filled. You enlist in school to become a doctor. All right. Once you have enrolled in that school, you are now filled with all of the information to become a doctor. You're filled with it, right? You got deans, you got professors, you got tutors, you got all these things around you. You're filled with the knowledge to become a doctor. But you're not a doctor until you fellowship with them, until you come to class, until you do the homework. That's the process of going from field to full until you read the scriptures, until you actually pray, pray in tongues, until you actually learn how to seek his face. You go from field to full. So you're filled when you come into the school because you're happy to be in school. You're about to be a doctor. Parents proud of you and everything. But what happens if you drop out? You can quit at any moment. Then all you got to say is that I was in medical school, but I'm not a doctor. So we got to go from the process of being filled with the information to getting full of the information. When you're full of the information, you're in that hospital saying, Scapel. When you're full, you know the dosage that this patient needs. When you're full, you can perform the surgery without looking in the book. We're trying to go from being filled with the Holy Spirit to being full of the Holy Spirit, and you got to be incubated to do that. You got to close yourself off. 
you got to go to a university that's going to teach you how to become that. Watch this. What if you go to school to be a doctor and it's been 15 years and you're still not a doctor? They ain't told you nothing about needles. They ain't told you, you ain't even learned how to do CPR. But you're still going. Is something wrong with you and is something wrong with that university. But something even wrong with you. That's the worst part. So we're going from, get, we're filled. The Bible says that, that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it rested on them. They spoke in tongues and they were filled. Meaning the angels are all around them telling them, don't do that. Go here. Watch this. Don't say that. Cut that off. Don't listen to that. starting something and if you listen you be developed if you don't listen you know what ends up happening you end up in church but watch this because it oh Jesus here we go here we go what the Holy Spirit does in the spirit the fivefold ministry does in the natural that's why I keep telling y'all listen to the podcast Fast. Pray. If you do it, if you participate, you will grow. If you don't participate, just like in school, if you decide you're going to school, 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 making A's, A, B, A, B, A, B, but then the last semester... You drop out. Can you get your destiny still? Nope. Why? Because you needed to graduate. This is where we are. If you participate, you will grow. The next thing is this. Be consumed. Well, how are you going to be consumed? Because you've been participating, 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 participating until all of a sudden you're consumed by it. Now you are a doctor. They got to call you that. They got to pay you like that. (laughs) But when you decide to to, to drop out, nobody knows you as that. Nobody going to pay a doctor to drop out. In the same way in the spirit, drop out. Don't pray. Don't pray. Don't study. Watch your destiny run from you. Why? Because you ain't qualified for it. Until you are full. (laughs) You're qualified for it when you are full. Jesus, 13 years old, 12 years old, in the temple, about his father's business. Mother came to him. Why have you done this to us? Did you not know? You didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know. I had to be about my father's business. You didn't know that. The scripture said she was wondering, what did that mean? Said she was confused. She didn't know. Mary didn't know. What does he mean by he got to be about his father's business? What mean? Hold on. What, what, what Joseph? <laughs> so at 12 years old, he's in the temple doing what? Sitting down. 
listening, asking questions. Scripture said they was amazed at the stuff that was coming out this boy mouth at 12 years old. He was preparing himself. See, we just want Jesus' ministry. That was at the age 12. He didn't get his ministry till he was 30. The scripture said he submitted himself to his parents after that. So from 18 years, 18 years of submitting himself to his parents, of being about his father's business, he get his ministry. He goes to get baptized. Spirit come upon him. The father said, this is my son who I am well pleased with. Then the next thing it says, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't filled. Peter was filled. Paul was filled. The the apostles were filled. Jesus was full. Two different Greek words. I know in American language, we we do the tense thing. You know, filled means full. No, it don't. Not in Greek. (laughs) Not in Hebrew. That's why I laugh when I hear people say, I'm filled with the Holy Holy Spirit. Mm. But are you obeying? Because you can be filled. You can be in school filled with professors and not do nothing they say. You can come to church, the word be preached to you, and you can totally ignore it. I ain't doing that. Okay. Got my desk. No, I'm stop playing. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I love you. I want everybody to grow. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us and Christ is in us. All right. That's why you see about a, a, it's about a hundred million scriptures in the New Testament. It talks about us being in Christ. You are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It's a million scriptures in the Bible talking about us being in him, in Christ. Not one scripture talking about us being in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Christ is our seed. No scripture in the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our seed. And that word seed in the Greek means sperm. Is the word sperm. The Holy Spirit is for our soul. Christ is the spirit that joins us to the body. The Holy Spirit teaches us Christ because Christ is the DNA. Because Christ is the DNA. Now, it's my last scripture. I'm doing good today. If Christ is the DNA, then our DNA has to be the same with him for, for him to be our brother, right? Amen? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. It says, therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. In every way. Not some, in every way. So that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make atonements for the sin of the people. It says, therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. 
So the only way the Holy Spirit is in us and upon us is if it was in Jesus and upon him. Christ was in Jesus and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And if we are not like that, we don't qualify to enter into the holies of holies because he was our high priest. And in order for him to enter into, in order for him to enter into the holies of holies and be a, a merciful and faithful high priest, he had to be just like us. He couldn't be God and we're not gods and he go into the holy of holies and it, and it worked for us. funny how y'all been looking at me he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way we had to have the same dna it had to be the same process this is the issue that we have in the body of christ because we don't even know that christ is in us we just think the we just think the holy spirit is in us well you know what happens because of that is certain scriptures we don't even bother to read. I came from the apostolic denomination. How many of y'all apostolic Pentecostal uh, used to couldn't wear no jewelry, no pants, couldn't even grow a beard? It told me I couldn't grow my beard. I had to ask the pastor, why I keep growing back? I just need to know. He said, I couldn't wear my beard. I'm like, well, why God keep letting it grow? <laughs> just the foolish things that we do when we don't know truth and we just stand in religion. We just got to do something to make people feel like they're, they're on one accord with us. But Jesus had to be our faithful high priest. So he had to be like us in every way. He couldn't be different from us. Okay. That's why you don't hear many conversations or many messages about what it means to be a joint heir. When last time you heard a teaching about us being joint heirs? I'll wait. You have a whole inheritance and you don't hear nothing about it across the landscape of the body of Christ. Why? Because they don't see us as being his children. Every church I go to, every ministry I've been a part of, the one thing that they always, that they never bring about is the relationship. The relationship. Well, the only way God can be our father is that Jesus had to be our brother. That's why you don't hear that conversation much. You don't hear a conversation about us growing as children. That's not preached much. When's the last time, search the landscape of the church. Find me a message, as many messages as you can. That's your homework for this week. Search the landscape of the church and find me as many messages as you can find me about how much the Father loves us as his children. Find it. The reason why is because we don't even know that Christ is in us. We don't even see ourselves as being equal. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. The Bible tells us to imitate him as his beloved children. Tells us to conform to him, to conform to the image of his son. How can you conform to the image of somebody if you not like them? How can Jesus tell us, be as your heavenly father is, if we can't do it? Well, the reason why the church can't do it, because they don't even know the spirit that is in them. They don't know that they want with Christ. 
in Christ, you are a new creature. In Christ, you are a new creature. Not in the Holy Spirit, you are a new creature. In Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. The mindset is if you think that you are in the Holy Spirit, then the old things are not passed away. That's why you legalistic. You think every time you do something, God going to take you out. Every time you do something, he going to kill you. Every time you do something, he going to take your blessings. Every time you do something, he going to curse you. Because you don't see yourself as a child. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. First starting with the Jews. Did we see that? Then with the Gentiles. Then he said, this gospel from start to finish happens by faith. He said, it is God's way of showing you how you are right in his eyes. It is God's way of showing you how you are right in his eyes. It's his way of showing you this is how I see you. I don't see you like I see the the people in the Old Testament. You're not a child of Israel. You're my child. They were the children of Israel. We are the children of God. Paul said we cry, Abba, Father. Nobody in the Old Testament had permission to do that. (laughs) Nobody. Not even a conversation about it. But that's why we don't hear a lot of conversation about the love of the Father. The Holy Spirit has a mission to reconcile us. That's another thing. What happened to the ministry of reconciliation? Jesus is the mediator between man and God. Jesus, Jesus' sole purpose to come in here was to get us into this relationship. And we've gotten everything but into the relationship. This is how you make people legalistic. You don't give them the relationship, but you still ask them to serve. This is how we get legalistic. You don't give them the relationship, but you still impose scripture on their life. You impose scripture on their life, law on their life, but you never tell them what grace is. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. I can't, I can't lose, you can't lose that. (laughs) You can't forget that. That's see, this is what I, this is, these are the things that the Holy Spirit wants to remind you. When a demon seen Jesus, we know who you are. You're the Holy One sent from God. So how do you think they see you? How you think they see you? But you know what they bet on? You, your confidence ain't there. Your mind ain't there. Your will ain't there. Your emotions ain't wrapped up into who you supposed to be. So he say, boo, and you jump. Did you jump? This is one thing I'm learning. Even when it comes to healing, even when it comes to deliverance, Christ is in me. 
I don't have to think about that. Demons don't respond to me. They respond to Christ in me. That's why when you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are sealed because this is how all of heaven sees you and hell. You're sealed. The devil knows, Serena. He knows who you are, but he's better knowing you not to know. <laughs> he don't want you to know. So when you say, I rebuke you, he say, who are you? You know, <laughs> He said, okay, well, I ain't leaving. Jesus didn't do all that. You know why? He was a son who knew that he was sent by his father. He knew what he was empowered with. So his confidence or his faith in who he was in the father is what made that manifest. We have to know who we are. And the only way to know who you are is to dig into these scriptures. Anytime you see, it's too many scriptures and they're telling us how we, but this, this is another issue. And I'm about to close, okay? Is when we look at Jesus' ministry, we look at Peter's ministry and we look at Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry, Peter's ministry was to the Jews. They already had the full revelation of God. So his conversation was different with them. Jesus' ministry was not to develop children. It was to develop apostles. Can y'all agree with that? Jesus wasn't developing kids. Why? Because he was a redemption. He was a seed that had to die for them, in order for them to become children. So they were not children. But we take Jesus' ministry and we try to develop children like he was developing apostles. But when we look at Paul's ministry, he dealt with the Gentile church who did not know God. They had to start from the conception of it. They had to start from the beginning of it. They didn't know anything. So that's what's unique about Paul's ministry is that Paul is giving them the full gospel. That's why you see more stuff about being children and developing and growing in Paul's ministry than you do in Peter's ministry, even than you do in Jesus' ministry two different assignments. Our assignment was, is to preach, in the church is to preach to Gentiles. People who don't know God and are, are getting to know God for the first time. So we don't come and, and start off with healing. We don't start out with casting out devils. We start out with identity. That's why Paul said that this mystery has been given to me that was hidden from the foundation of the world, but that has been revealed to the apostles. And he said, this mystery is this, Christ in you is the hope of glory.